And we'll be talking with uh, meteorologist Bill Snyder. You know Bill Snyder, don't you, Schwann? Of course, yeah. Uh, Tom Skilling's mm-hmm. longtime weather Assistant, producer. Yeah. Uh, we like to call him Tom Jr. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he kind of talks like Tom. He's got the same enthusiasm I was going to say, weather. he's got the same enthusiasm and passion for completely, the weather. Yeah. Completely. And he's, yeah. and he's uh, you know nice enough... Uh, nice enough to be on with us. To be on the show when I call it the last minute and say it's snowing outside, which it seems like at least downtown here. It's lightened up a little bit, uh, but we've seen snow totals of two inches or more and nearly three inches in uh, Lewiston, Illinois. That's southwest of Peoria. So uh, the predictions of one to three are are correct. Yeah. And I guess the western areas are mm-hmm. getting a, hit, yeah. hit a little harder. Yeah, than west, northwest, uh, out toward Woodstock, that area there. That's yeah. by the scenic lakeshore here. <laughs> so you know what but, I miss is when we used to be. I mean, we've got a nice view here in this. Uh, what floor are we on? Eighteenth floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to have a guide to take you up? You I, don't remember my where personal we are? assistant hits all the buttons in the <laughs> elevators. Okay, my butler does that. Okay, I, I don't. Do all it. right. Uh, we have a very nice view, but remember at the old place, the old dump on Michigan <laughs> Avenue. Uh, it was nice when it was snowing. It was uh, it was nice, wasn't it? it well, was, yeah, but it's nice here too. Yeah, yeah, but we're up high though. Oh, okay. You I were... liked it when you could right on the street, and you know the shoppers were out and you know running around Michigan Avenue. You could look across the street at the Wrigley Building with decorations. And the... Yeah. Trees, the lights on the trees. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Watching people spit on the sidewalk. <laughs> the guy plowing the uh, pioneer court over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Ah, uh, those are the days over at the old dump. Wonderful. That was wonderful. Uh, I, You know how when you're uh, like on vacation or something, which I was not on vacation, but I feel like I've been gone for two months or something. I well, had a, I had the same everything feeling. feels weird. Like, how do I do this again? I was only gone one week. Yeah, you will, we were discussing this earlier. You know, we did tree time, then we did uh, hey, we Andy did, was We gone. did tree time? <laughs> Andy, it's nice to have you back Hey, today. thanks. It's great to be here. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. This is the first time in like a month that we've all been here. I think so, all yeah. together, well, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Everybody have a nice Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Very nice. Yeah. Good. Definitely. And you? Yeah, it's good enough. It was good enough. Good enough. That's all they get from him. Is, uh, it was good enough. Gets the job oh, done. It was fine. Family, family, oh, family. Oh, what holiday spirit. Nobody was killed. We've got a month to go yet. <laughs> all right. <laughs> did you do any Black Friday shopping? I, no, I, I did not. not. I, did I have not. not either. You'd think by watching the news that that's all people have been doing for the last two days. <laughs> Just doing nothing but trying to get 70-inch TVs for $100. <laughs> Um, I didn't either. You didn't? Okay. I avoided the stores. I, I don't know. Do you want to be around crowds? Well, no. No. Yeah. yeah the answer to your question is no. The short answer is no. Not to be around crowds. But uh, I was um, out and around yesterday for a little while at the uh, Christmas, Christmas caroling. Kindle market. Um, almost. 
uh, at the Chris Kendall Market in Wrigleyville. Oh, Went oh. up and interviewed oh, nice. the Gallagher uh, Way. The good people there for a feature story on Gallagher Way. Oh, nice. And it was very nice. The weather was nice. Everybody was in a good mood. Right. Uh, there's a Ferris wheel there, and the kids what? love a Ferris that. wheel. There's a Ferris wheel where right next to the Christmas tree, hmm. at, and the Gallagher Way one in the plaza there. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yep. They moved it in for the event, and the kids loved it. Uh, and everybody was in a good mood. It was, Did you get on? No, no, they wouldn't let me on. Hey, kid, get out of there. No, they wouldn't let me on. They said I would break it. <laughs> Instead of a, a <laughs> mini one? It's, it is, it's a little smaller than, well, certainly smaller than the one at Navy Pier. Yeah. But, um, so it's kind of like a mini Ferris. Yeah, mini Ferris wheel that you'd see at, you know, at a, uh, a county fair or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. local event. So, but it's there and very popular. And they have a petting zoo? <laughs> no. I love a petting you know zoo. What, you know what I didn't do, though, what would be really neat is um, you can go into Winterland in Wrigley Field. And walk ice skate in there. In, yeah. They have that up and running now? Yes. Yeah. Well, where have you been? I don't know. I you feel don't like- know. I feel like I've been gone for like uh, you know like somebody dropped me into Chicago for okay. What is your name? I would have to check my wallet for that. I'm not, I'm <laughs> and not you probably a, have someone else's wallet. Uh, meteorologist Bill Snyder uh, from WGN TV will be joining us in a couple of minutes just to give us uh, you know all the all the details. Not that Schwanny's forecast isn't completely accurate. But uh, you know he'll he'll go into all the details. Oh, on, absolutely! On all of that, and you know we're not the only ones affected by this. There are eleven states that are dealing with this storm, and some of it mm-hmm. uh, people are much less fortunate than we are. Yeah. Getting one to three uh, yeah. other areas there, and I'm sure Bill will talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we don't care about them. Uh, <sighs> what? <laughs> what a holiday spirit here! Well. <laughs> of course we care about that. Of course I'm just, I'm full of eggnog. What do I know? <laughs> oh, really? Just that? I wish I had some eggnog right now. <laughs> I have been craving eggnog. What? Cl- cleared my throat. Uh, I was going to say, what I happened? I didn't think anyone wanted to hear that. <laughs> uh, I have been craving eggnog for like the last a week or so. Hmm. When we get into the holidays... Don't you go into like holiday foods? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, beverages, pastries, yep. Yep. goodies. Yep. I've been I've been craving some really good eggnog. Eggnog, uh, some sort of like bread. You know, a, uh, you know the, the fancy breads and rolls they serve this time oh, of year. Yeah. Well, those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all good. Yep. Uh, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll get uh, Bill Snyder to talk about the weather. And, uh, you know, give us the, because I guess it's going to get cold again, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. After this, uh, this is the typical pattern. We have a storm, large or small, that moves in. It brings in that cold air. And uh, tomorrow we're looking at a high around 30, but some strong winds and the wind chills could be in the teens tomorrow. Yeah, uh, wind chill indices. Yeah. Lows, uh, lows in the lower 20s overnight tonight. Yeah, I'm telling you, my bald head can't take this. Well, wear a hat, will you? Well, I wear it. Uh, I do, but <laughs> doesn't it seem like as you get a little older, yeah, huh? you have uh, less and less tolerance. Less tolerance for it. Well, you do. Yeah, I've noticed that myself. And Yeah, 
That's why Florida and Arizona are still states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot to put my snow brush in the car today. I, mean, I have one. I've got one I can loan you. I've got one. <laughs> I said I've got one I can loan you. I'm oh. trying to be nice. <laughs> wow. Well, you have one then if you loan me one? Mm-hmm. So you have two? Mm-hmm. I've got three. In the car? Yep. And a scraper. Oh, I have a vacuum cleaner. Oh, great. <laughs> you have all that stuff in your car right now? Yes. A light. Don't ask him for a ride. He can't fit you. He's got a pneumatic jack. He's got, you can balance your tires. He got, you need an oil change. change. The oil. He's, got, he's got those ramps. You drive up, so you can change the oil. One of those boards with the rollers I got on. all of this at Wally Service Station. No room for groceries. Really? You have all that stuff in your car? I don't have all of that, but I do have several snow scrapers and a vacuum cleaner and a light. Yeah, I have all that. Wow. An um, extra uh, uh, a container uh, for have, a gas, a gallon of gas. Do you have uh, water? No, I don't have any it's water. Stranded, have windshield blanket, wiper fluid. You can't drink that. Clark bars? <laughs> Marathon bars. I don't know why I would want Clark bars. That, in, in my survival kit, for some reason, I would put Clark bars. And I don't even like Clark bars. <laughs> Well, then why would last. you put them I don't in? know why I That's thought of that. because they have a good shelf life, right? Well, they, they do last yeah. hundreds of years, mm-hmm. like a hostess twinkie. I have right? one from 1967. <laughs> would not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, of everything you just said, <laughs> that's the one thing I believe. He has the $5,500 bar. <laughs> right. Not the $100,000. No, with right. inflation, yeah. <laughs> that's when I got it when it first came out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, I meant to put it in the car. I take it out of the car because I don't want to be tripping all over it. Not that I'm in the back seat that often. But, <laughs> oh, but you mean the scraper, not the, the Clark bars. The brush and the... Uh, no, because I thought I might need a brush today. I might need my, my snow brush today. Mm-hmm. I needed mine today. Uh, and then I, I left and I forgot. So it's in my garage. Mine never leaves the car. It oh, is see, there at have, all times. I can't have a snow brush in the car in July. I do. Yeah, I couldn't have. You that. never know. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think is going to happen? You never a, know. A sandstorm? What are you? <laughs> well, no. What would I? I leave it in just so it's there, so yeah. I wouldn't forget it right. by this time. The time this time of year rolls around. Yep. So well, I no, won. I have an extra one if you need it. Yeah, that's okay. I'm parked in the building. Oh, all right. I'm parked inside. I'll, I, I'm pretty because the, the snow is going to taper off to, uh, as the morning goes on. Mm-hmm. Right by the time, wow, well, we have a super long show today. We're on until twelve thirty. But right when you leave, that's when we're going to get a blizzard. Uh, no, it's going to stop. It's stopping right yeah. as the afternoon goes on. No, but when you leave, that's when it's going to just going to follow me. Follow personally. you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even your Clark bars. <laughs> What kind of food do you have? You ever uh, have you ever had like a survival kit kind of stuff in your car? You know how they say you should have something in case you get stuck somewhere. Flares and all yep. of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not anything that elaborate. No, I guess I but, used to. But when I was a kid, I used to have flares for some reason. Did you? Well, that was your Boy Scout training, right? Be prepared. Be, pre- be prepared. Yeah. yeah. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had. They say you should have a container of water. I've never yep. had that. Yep, water, blanket. I've never had a that. Blanket, yes. Flashlight, flashlight. Yep. I think I do have mm-hmm. a flashlight. 
But otherwise, I'm pretty much dead if something happens. <laughs> Just call Schwanny. You'll, You'll come find over my frozen corpse out on... <laughs> I'll drive by and laugh. Right. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Told you. He'll brush the snow off you with one of his many <laughs> snow brushes. His, right. <laughs> you can do it too. And I'll use the scraper on your glasses. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's giving this some thoughts. <laughs> so, okay. No, I'm, I'm ready to go for the winter. Uh, yeah. You know, apparently uh, on July 4th, you're ready to I am. go for the winter. <laughs> yes, that is true. Shawnee shows up at the fireworks displays with his snowbrush and I tried to hand them shoes. out. Nobody wanted them. There's that guy with the snowbrushes again, <laughs> is what they say. Uh, a text has rolled in uh, for Andy. Hmm. Uh, Andy, at this point, who is your NFL Final Four? Boy. Oh, wow. That's kind of an early... Uh an early thought here, but uh, you know somebody you, also texting Schwanee. Thank you for the te- uh, temperature you just gave from Dixon, Illinois. That's right. Yeah, Jim yeah. from Dixon says thirty degrees in woo-hoo, Dixon. Woohoo! Schwanee gets in the Dixon temperature. Yep. Thirty in Freeport. It's yep. twenty nine in Rockford. All right. Twenty eight in DeKalb. Yeah. So you're at NFL Final thirty four. in Aurora. Uh, please, Eagles, Forty ers I'm going chalk here. Uh, Chiefs and Ravens. Okay. <laughs> Shwani? Take it to the bank and withdraw a lot of money. Yeah. I think I echo Shwani's uh, reaction to that yeah. when I go. Oh, I think oh, it's fine. I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I think that's good. Yeah. Absolutely. I was uh, I was pretty much checked out of everything football pretty early in the season well yeah it does you know when you live here in town and your team yeah. is just god awful i mean that <laughs> that happens right. <laughs> what happened to uh, justin fields exactly well he got hurt so that's uh, no but i mean i mean even before he got hurt well though, they, right they don't they don't have the right coaching staff to coach him i mean Ooh. they're they're trying to uh they're trying to fit the uh, proverbial round peg into the square hole because they figured that their square hole is the end-all be-all and uh, it's not not the case. Again, hmm. You got a lot of coordinators that are auditioning to be head coaches just to show everybody how smart they are. Well, how about uh, being smart and adapting, making a you know an adjustment every once in a while? It's, ama- it's kind of amazing to me that I mean that that just makes perfect sense. What too you, much sense. What you just said. Yeah, it's too much sense. How does everybody accept the coaching staff, the management? How do, how do they not real, realize that? Perhaps they're not being able to see the forest through the trees because they're right there. But at the same time, you're not getting results anywhere near what you can probably get from the guy. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, some of it's his fault because, uh, you know, Justin has had the reputation of not being uh, really able to read defenses when he needs to be able to. Tyson Bajan was able to do that. Uh, but but Justin Field has so much raw talent that – right. You got to be able to. You have to make him better. You have to make him better. That's your job. Yeah. And every week, I mean, aside from when he was out with the injuries, we thought, you know, well, he'll he'll hit his stride this week. Yeah. He'll get it this week. He'll get it together this week. And it just has never happened. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys you don't want to give up on because you know that there's a possibility if he goes somewhere where there's a, a decent offensive head coach or a defensive often uh, a, a decent offensive coordinator, he's gonna he'll he'll flourish. And they'll be the ones looking at him going, oh, yeah, I remember we had that guy. Well, let's hope for some flourishing tomorrow. Yeah, let's, let's hope. Let's hope. 
uh, coming up on the program later on today. You know Rob Reiner, uh, don't you, Shawnee? Of course. Do I know? I don't know him, but Meathead. I followed Meathead. him. Better for known as Meathead. Fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a son of Carl. Son of Carl Reiner. That's exactly right. He's a prolific director, film director, television and movie actor, and he's got uh, a very interesting new podcast about the assassination of uh, President John F. Kennedy. We're going to talk with him later on in the show today. And also Hannah Waddingham, one of the stars of uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, She's got a brand new Christmas special that's streaming right now on uh, Apple TV+. We'll chat with her. Last week when I was not here, I was out in Los Angeles talking with Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan, the stars of the upcoming movie Maestro, going to play that interview for you next week but we've got lots of good a-listers and now ladies and gentlemen it is time once again for america's favorite the far-flung forecast your weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures here once again to present it all to you is the head oompa loompa himself (laughs) dave schwan Thank you very much, Uncle Dean. Good morning, everyone. And we hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled devices because uh, actually our far-flung forecast does have something to do with Thanksgiving. We go to Provincetown, Massachusetts today. Hmm. Provincetown uh, goes back over 400 years. It has a population today of a little over 3,500. But it was at Provincetown and Provincetown Harbor on the 9th of November, 1620, that a group known as the Pilgrims aboard a boat called the Mayflower first made landing here in what became the United States. It was the 9th of November, (laughs) a day I'll I'll always remember. remember. Yes, I will. Because that was the day that the, <laughs> the pilgrims landed. Died. <laughs> no, they did not. But they they landed there before uh, finally settling in Plymouth. And uh, on uh, the 9th of November of 1620, and of course, the rest is history and what has uh, now become our Thanksgiving holiday every fourth Thursday of November. Provincetown, Massachusetts has a sunny skies today. No snow there. It's 45 degrees. And that ain't right. <laughs> We've got a snowy Sunday morning, and uh, thank goodness our pal Bill Snyder from WGN-TV, the Emmy Award-winning uh, weather producer for Tom Skilling, uh, the great Bill Snyder, uh, nice enough to join us this morning. Hello there, my friend. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did, my friend. It's good to talk to you. How about you? I hope you had a good one as well. I did. I did. Very, very nice. And uh, I guess the you know the first kind of measurable snow like this. I don't know if it's officially the first snow, but uh, you know the first. You know what, Dean? Actually, it's the second. We had, uh, if you recall, uh, it wasn't a big snow, but we had some snow here on Halloween. I believe. Oh, the that's total, right. Um, it here was about nine tenths of an inch. So we're, we're. It seems like we're timing our snowfall here around holidays, right? We had <laughs> right, exactly. snow on Halloween, and you know now we're a couple of days past Thanksgiving, and and we've got uh, we've got some snow on the ground. Yeah. What are what's what are we? looking at now for the remainder of the day which uh you well, know, you in, know what in addition got... to it being uh you know the the end of uh thanksgiving but it's you know one, right. of, one of the busiest travel days of the year 
Right, right. Well, the good news, Dean, is this this is not a huge storm. It's certainly we've we've seen much worse by uh, by Chicago standards. And and you know, honestly, snow is not that uncommon in November. It's you know, if you look at it as, as a whole, it's our fifth snowiest month on average when you compare it to the other months. It's behind only behind March, December, February, and January. And uh, we average typically about one point eight inches of snow for the month of November. So. Um, looking back through the records, nearly half of those Novembers, about 49%, have produced at least one inch of snow, and it looks like uh, this is going to be one of them. Um, you might recall, we go back to 2018, just five years ago, we had 12.7 inches of snow wow. for the month. So it, it can yeah. snow. It's, it's not all that uncommon. And we've had, um, we've had up to two inches in Samanac out in DeKalb County, uh, Peru and LaSalle County up to two inches, Ottawa two inches. Uh, Batavia 1.5, Winfield and DuPage County 1.5, Naperville 1.3, Schaumburg 1.1. So, you know, I think most of us, when when uh, when the snow winds down here um, early this afternoon, we do have a winter weather advisory um, in effect for much of the area until 2 p.m. And and I think that the caution there is uh, your secondary roads, your overpasses, your off ramps. Uh, you know, typically areas that are normally colder than than your main thoroughfares are are where you're going to want to be careful a little bit and and, uh you know give yourself some extra space between the car in front of you because those are the areas that can get you know can get slick um versus your your main main drags where the um you know where the traffic and salt works well that's the one good positive here is that you know with temperatures hovering right around freezing or even a tad above that um the road chemicals work well so um, I think you're going to find that most of the main, uh, you, you know, the main roads are, are going to be in pretty good shape. And um, but but that being said, uh, later this evening, you know, once the you know when the sun sets, or well, there won't be sun, but when 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 we go when it gets dark, um, that's when you got to watch some of these areas that could get a little slick because the temperatures will at that point drop below freezing, and you could get some slick spots, right. um, you know, on, on, on treated areas. So, yeah, and the road, yeah. the, uh, as you say, the ramps and overpasses and things, those are always the first ones to go. And uh, right, it, exactly. be, it being one of our first, uh, you know, kind of uh, significant snow, uh, it's, this, right. you know, we kind of forget, right? Every Somehow everyone forgets oh, for how, sure. to, how yeah, to drive it, it, in this it, way. It never fails. It seems like that happens every year that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, like you said, when you get that first snow, people kind of forgot how, <laughs> how to respond or drive in it. And, and you, you wind up hearing about, uh, about numerous traffic wrecks on, uh, right. on area roads. So that's, so hopefully, um, you know, we can minimize that. And from what I've heard so far, at least at the, uh, at the airports that, uh, there's no significant delays at either O'Hare or Midway, so I know, like you said, it's a busy day for people traveling both both uh, on the roads and through the air, and uh, I think that, for the most part, so far, hasn't been too bad. You know, again, this isn't a superstorm, but, uh, you know, the first real snow of the season, it, right. it, it's always an eye-catcher. It's, a, it's, it's always a, an eye-catcher. It's a good reminder for us of how, how we're supposed to right. act, act in this kind of uh, weather. So when you exactly. say <clears throat> that it's going to be tapering off now this afternoon, What's your best yeah. guess about what time things should become a little bit clear, at you know, least snow-wise, um, I anyway? Think, I think the heaviest, you know, and again, Dean, we're, we're getting, like, little patches where you get, you know, some fluctuations in the, in the snowfall's intensity this morning. There are, are, there are some embedded bursts of snow that are a little bit heavier than, than in some areas than others. So, you know, that's, that's where you get where you want to ex- exercise some caution this morning because, 
you can get when that happens, you get some reduced visibilities, and and that's you know you want to certainly uh, plan accordingly for that. But uh, as far as for most of us, I think that once we get past the early hours of the afternoon, uh, you know, outside of one two o'clock. It may not totally be over with, but the snow will just be kind of flurry. It'll diminish to flurries and become more occasional versus um, versus these um, you know heavier bursts that are, are going to be with us here at times through this through the morning hours. Well, I'm seeing uh, you know nothing out of our windows here in downtown Chicago right now. Uh, are, yeah. are there some areas that are more greatly affected today than others? Yes, uh, you know what it looks. It looks like the the areas that are far west to the southwest suburbs, far southwest. Like I said, they've they've gotten up to two inches already. Out in you know LaSalle County, that's that's southwest of us. Um, out in DeKalb County, due west. So those areas have had two inches, and I've even seen some uh, uh, some pictures on social media from somewhere, someone out there that way showing one of those uh, secondary roads that uh, showed that it's covered. The snow has covered the ground there and the roads, but I think here close in proximity to the city, we're seeing the fact that there's still some residual warmth. You know, we've, we've had a fairly warm November up until recently, um, and, and so you're getting the residual warmth of, of, of the ground there, and then also, um, you know, downtown, you're getting still some some residual warmth of the lakefront, and and just from the from the concrete of all the buildings and so forth. So, um, your your pavement temperatures are still uh, well above freezing. So, it, with that being said, I don't think you're going to see too much in the way of any issues, um, you know, downtown or especially on the main roads. Okay, I want to uh, just you know mm-hmm. talk about what we can look forward to uh, best you can. I know that things change yeah. hourly, but what, what we can look forward right. to between now and Christmas. And also, when we come back from the break, I want to uh, just talk about yeah. uh, regionally, because uh, a lot of people, as you said, are traveling on the roads this weekend. And while right. they may not be right. in the Chicago area, if there are areas around us where right. uh, you know motorists may encounter some problems, I uh, wanted sure. to talk about those, but let me take a, a break real quick here. Uh, the Emmy Award it. winning. I, I, do you carry your M- new Emmy Award with you everywhere you go now, Bill? Uh, you know what? Actually, Dean, I don't I don't even have the uh, uh, the award as of yet. The statue? I, oh, they I have to engrave it, it, right? They have to engrave it, right. So I'll, I, I will wait and... Uh, and enjoy that uh, when the time comes. So yeah, for now, for now, there's no there's no Emmy Award with me at the yeah, moment. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got one. Long overdue. Uh, WGN TV uh, weather producer that. Bill Snyder uh, talking to us about our snow that we've got out here this morning. It's nine forty five. Uh, Tom Skilling's right hand man keeps things uh, going in the old WGN TV weather office all the time. Bill for, uh, Bill Snyder. For how many years now have you been working with Tom? Well, Dean, it will be uh, at the end of January. It'll be twenty-seven years. How about so that? more than more than more than a quarter century. Isn't wow. That, wow, that that is absolutely yeah. amazing. And, yeah, it really uh, is. You know, really Tom, is. Tom made the announcement uh, recently that he is going to be retiring in right. uh, February, which still seems yeah. hard to believe. A world without Tom Skilling. Uh, you I know, know on our really televisions every day. It's going to be uh, you know super crazy, but. Uh, we've yeah. got we've got such a strong weather team uh, over at WGN that uh, I know things are going to go you know continue the way uh, Tom uh, would have wanted it uh, for right. For all this I will time. certainly do my part, Dean. You know, I'll do my best to keep things running yeah. there for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah it's that's going to be a tough, uh, certainly tough shoes to fill. No question about it. Tom is 
is uh, you know well respected as 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 the goat in the uh, so called in the meteorological profession, and uh, um, you know it's been been a part of uh, many people's lives for for nearly a half a century on, on the old number nine. So it's it's certainly going to be different. Well, I, you know, I got to say, you know, the, in, there is nobody like Tom Skelling, that's for sure, but. If you, no. if you weren't working beside him, I mean, I've seen this up close and personal when there are weather emergencies going on and everybody in the whole weather center is going crazy. Uh, Bill, right. Bill Snyder is there and, you know, pumping information to Tom and getting him stats and, you know, all, right. all kinds of information. He understands the weather as, as well as anybody does. And uh, yeah. that, that's why I'm glad that you are uh, here with us today. I'm going to I'm going to start. Oh, a, of course, I'm going to start a campaign for you to replace Tom. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to start like a little uh, like a, like a sure. third third party candidacy sort of kind of deal. Okay, okay. all right, all right, we'll all right. See how that we'll see how that works out. We'll see how far that one goes with yeah. the bosses. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most third party candidacies usually work out really well. Um, yeah, right, right. All right. So people uh, traveling for this holiday weekend, coming home from their uh, Thanksgiving weekends, are there areas yeah. uh, regionally, are there any areas of concern that uh, people should be aware of? You know, the good news, Dean, is that this is a very um, tight little compact system that's moving through here. And uh, the bulk of the snow that's accumulating is is kind of centered on our area. So as you go farther south, um, it's not going to be any, you know, major issues if you're traveling, you know, downstate Illinois or driving to, uh, you know, Indianapolis and so forth. Um, it, it's, it's actually going to be pretty, uh, you know, you're not going to have too many problems there. Um, the one area that, um, uh, that may have some issues is, uh, out on the other side of the lake, because as the system, you know, pulls out, um, you're going to see, uh, some pretty chunk of pretty cold air coming in behind it. And that's going to, uh, kick up the lake effect snow machine. So mm-hmm. if you're heading up towards towards uh, southwest lower Michigan and, and the Grand Rapids area and, uh, you know, areas such as that heading north, um, those areas are under a winter weather advisory that continues into tomorrow morning. So you're driving from that side of the lake back to Chicago, you're going to run into some problems. And, and those areas could see upwards of five inches, maybe even six inches of snow um, of the lake effect variety and in, in, in parts of Michigan. So that's that's certainly one area that that may have some issues. Uh, but as far as our you know where we're concerned, um, you know things will definitely improve here as we move through the afternoon. We still may have some snow flurries flying around, but uh, I think that the bulk of the accumulating snow will um, will be will be over at that point. And uh, then what we have to look forward to, or, or I should say, not look forward to, is, is some colder temperatures yeah. because. You know, you know, Dean. It's it's uh, it's well known that uh, you know snow cover. There's no greater you know thing on earth that has a high albedo effect. So fresh snowpack on the ground, even though even if it's you know not a significant amount, um, that as much as ninety percent of your incoming solar radiation is reflected back into space, mm. which therefore that keeps the surface surface temperatures much colder than than it would otherwise if you had bare ground. So um, we could see temperatures tonight. Um, drop down inland um, in the low 20s as the, as the clouds break, and certainly tomorrow night when the sky is clear, we'll we'll see temperatures inland dip down into the teens, low to mid teens, and um, you know we'll see wind chills even even drop a little bit below that, despite the fact that we're going to have uh, a fair amount of sunshine the next couple of days. So that's that's kind of the the, the other side of the story here, besides the uh, fact that we're getting some snow, is uh, typically you know it it. it they kind of go hand in hand with one another. Right. 
you know, the snow, snow, and then you get some cold temperatures that follow. So we'll, we're going to be looking the next couple of days where uh, high temperatures may not even hit 30 degrees tomorrow and Tuesday. And, uh, that hasn't happened here in more than eight months, so it's it's the coldest air, uh, you know, besides the snow, the coldest air here in uh, over eight months since back in early March. Yeah, I've I've definitely noticed it. You know, I know that you have all your fancy weather equipment and you know radar and all that. <laughs> I have the right. I have the Dean Richards baldometer that I use right. uh, to measure <laughs> uh, the cold weather. Uh, sure. so, I, so I just, you know, I take my hat off for a couple of minutes, and if I'm not, uh, you, you know, using language that I shouldn't, then I know it's not that cold. But if right. if I, you know, if I am, then I know that it's pretty cold outside. It's a pretty scientific right. uh, method that I use. Hey, hey, that, that sounds fair enough to me, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, is there anywhere in the area right now that just has a ton of snow? I have a friend that lives in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and he calls me all the time. To tell me right. how much crazy snow they have there. I, I haven't talked to them in a while, but have, yeah. have, they, have they gotten crazy snow or is any area around us? Uh, you know, Dean, I, I haven't looked closely at their, their amounts, but, I you know, I think that um, so far for the season that it my, my recollection here is that uh, perception so far is that it's been kind of light up there because they haven't uh, – we haven't had the – you know, a lot of their snow comes from, from lake effect. You know, it's just – that's just how things work up there. And um, I don't think there's been a huge setup. Um, I'm just trying to check here for right now, for example. So, yeah, as a matter of fact, Dean, Marquette, which is, you know, certainly known as a big snow, snow area, they've only had 4.7 inches so far for the season. And typically by now they would have received over two feet. Yes, so that's, that's right. uh, significantly lower than, than, than what was, what's typical. And, uh, Here's another stat, Dean. You know, by this time last year, Marquette had already had forty point seven inches. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's that is absolutely. So, and, and, and again, this this kind of goes, you know, hand in hand with 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 our forecast moving forward as we head into the winter. And uh, you know, we've got an El Nino developing, which is you know the warming of the of the equatorial Pacific waters off the Pacific Ocean, and that has a huge altering effect on on weather patterns across the country. And um, so right now it's looking like not just an El Nino, but we're headed towards a strong El Nino. And there are strong El Ninos. There's a strong correlation locally here in Chicago and across the uh, the upper Midwest um, for a milder than normal temperature regime overall for the winter and a uh, less snowy. Good. So that's, you know, and again, that doesn't mean you can't get some, can't get snow and it doesn't mean that it won't get cold. Yeah. But when you look at the bigger picture overall, um, and, you know, all the numbers are calculated and tabulated here at the end of the winter season. I think we're going to find that uh, we'll, we'll wind up averaging warmer than normal and we'll wind up seeing less snow than what's typical. And a normal winter in Chicago yeah. is about 38.7 inches. No argument for me on that. Uh, I've had uh, yeah. quite a few people on our text line, Bill, asking, uh, does it look like we're going to have a white Christmas? I, I know it's so early to predict yeah, that uh, right at know, the moment, but what's your what? What, what, do, you, what my, do you? You know what, Dean? If if you if you put me on the spot and ask me for that prediction right now at this point, I would say that. And, and here's another interesting stat: only about forty percent of of Christmases in Chicago are typically white. So that's that means you know that's less than less than half. And based on what I'm seeing for uh, for the month of December, it looks like we're going to be heading back towards a uh, you know I, with 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 precise accuracy a month out. It, it's hard to hard to predict, but 
at least the way things look right now, we're heading back into a milder temperature regime. So even though, it's, you know, I mentioned it's going to be cold the next couple of days, we'll be, see high temperatures struggle to reach 30, and we'll see some, you know, teens at night in the outlying areas. But we, we bounce back rather nicely here uh, later this week. So I think by the time we get towards Thursday and Friday, we'll see temperatures bounce back into the 40s, which, you know, at that point is above normal. And and as we move into the opening days of December, you know, you figure the normal high in December starts at around 40 or 41, and by the end of the month it drops down into the low 30s. Um, So any day day in December that reaches the 40s is is considered a mild day versus, uh, you know, what's typical. So I I would say if you ask me to make a prediction at this point, um, I would say the the odds favor a uh, not seeing a white Christmas. Yeah, that, no, that's I, just that's just my gut instinct right now. And, people, and again, that can change. Yeah, I know a lot of people love it, but you don't have to shovel a non-white Christmas. So that, that's true. That's, that's, that's okay. True. With and me. you know what? It's certainly it's certainly a lot easier to you know to to get to grandma and grandpa's house or, or wherever else exactly you know you're traveling. Right. right. Exactly right. It makes it makes things much smoother for sure. Bill, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today to just give us uh, some details on what we're going through this morning sure always sure. a pleasure i don't see you enough likewise my you're, friend. you're at, uh, in, on the evening i'm on in the morning on uh, wgn tv but uh it's comforting right. to know that you're there with working alongside the great tom skelling i hope you have a great sunday today bill snyder wgn tv you too my friend weather producer thanks pal coming up later in the program uh, director rob reiner hey meathead Still watch those All in the Family reruns whenever I can. That's such a great show. He actually was the first person to appear on camera in the very first episode. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. And in what uh, context? He was walking in the door of the bunker residence oh. and said something to Gloria. Huh. Yeah. Was he living there then? Or? Yes, yes. They were, they were together uh, at that time. And then, of course, the arguments... Ensue and Archie between says, hey, you, Archie, hey, you dumbbell. <laughs> That's such a good. Show. Do you remember those first few episodes? Though they actually ran a disclaimer before the show started. Yeah, well, saying you know we there are some material here that some people may find offensive here, but they there was there was a gentle warning. Uh, the first few episodes. If you watch those reruns, there are things that they say and do on that show. They would never now. be able to no, do sir. now. No, sir. No. I was watching an episode. Uh, it was. I, I think it was All in the Family. Maybe it was. No, it was All in the Family. I thought it might have been Jefferson's, but it was. It was. It, it was an episode in which Archie says something offensive to George Jefferson's mother, and she gets mad. And the N-word is actually used in the episode. Is it really? I couldn't believe it. Wow. I couldn't believe that it wasn't edited out. Edited out, especially these days, yes. Especially, right. Yeah. uh, Or bleeped out or something. They held nothing back back then. I mean, Mm. every ethnic group, every group, Mm -hmm. everything was, uh, you know, uh, was uh, approached and attacked. Yeah. Uh, back then, uh, my conversation with Rob Reiner is about his new um, podcast about the assassination of JFK. Uh, but I, I, I did briefly mention All in the Family, and he said it's so funny to him how everything they did 50 years ago is still so relevant today. Mm-hmm. It still makes perfect Talking sense Talking about today. current events and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, well, Vietnam was still very much uh, going on when it first came out. Well, so. you know the you know you know then they were talking about Vietnam and the war and Nixon and yeah yeah, you know, yeah. but but you could translate an awful lot of oh, that sure. to things that are going on now. Sure, you can. Yeah, and people who are in power now. So uh, that will be uh, coming up a little bit later on. Speaking of, uh, I, I reflected uh, greatly on the JFK assassination, which was the other day. Can you believe 60 years ago? No, I'm still, you know, kind of amazed by that, yes. Andy, you have no memory of that whatsoever. Uh, zero. I was not around. And I, I'm, I'm going to venture a guess and say that there are, more, there are more people alive now that were not, uh, cannot Who remember. Don't remember than, what happened that day. Than, than there are that are alive. Yeah. It's 60 years. Might be, might be. Yeah. Yeah, I was born about three and a half years later. So what does that mean to you the the JFK assassination does it does does it just it was like Pearl Harbor World War 2 another event in history is is that how well that that's your frame of reference for it Well yeah I mean because we were taught about it obviously in school uh, we we learned about it and I had some kind of uh, I don't know what it was because I think uh, John F Kennedy was born in May and I was born in May that I had some kind of uh, I, I did a lot of research on him. Sort of a connection. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was it was interesting to hear my parents talk about him, and uh, you know they were uh, just getting out of college, I believe, at that point too. So uh, they were on college campuses when this went on. So it was yeah. uh, it was something surely that everybody talked about. And the only thing that I can kind of even reference this whole thing is you know I remember being in college myself when when the Challenger, Challenger exploded, right? And that's kind of where I was and walking around and just kind of yeah. going, what the heck is going on? And yeah. I can only imagine what it was like back then. It's it's like the Challenger. It's like 9-11. Yeah. Where you remember exactly where you were and what you were doing. I mean, old people like Shwani, for example, they uh, know <laughs> ex- exactly. Don't, don't, for, don't forget to include yourself in that, yeah, too. Yeah, where exactly <laughs> where. I remember where I was when I heard the news. I was on the playground. So was I. Yeah, because it happened right around the noon hour. We were, it, was afternoon, it was afternoon recess, yes. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, had, I, I interviewed a woman uh, this past week who, uh, you know, because it happened in the noon hour, and the Bozo Show was on. Oh, I saw that. That was, was on, amazing. It was on live. The Bozo yes. Show was on live hmm. when the bulletin came over that President Kennedy had been shot. They were in the middle of playing the bucket game, the grand prize grand game. Grand prize game. <clears throat> and this uh, then eight-year-old little girl, uh, she got up to bucket number four. The bulletin came over. The whole, the you know, obviously the show stopped. And they went to coverage of this uh, you know, tragedy that had just taken place. But we tracked down, uh, we found the woman who was that eight-year-old little girl, and she described what happened. We took her into the actual studio mm. where uh, the Bozo used to you know, take place, and uh, it, it was pretty interesting. The whole, I saw the, your piece on that. Yeah. 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 Amazing. The whole story, it's on the WGNTV.com. Or on YouTube, if you want to see the story, it's it's a pretty interesting story. But uh, I reflected uh, several times. Uh, you know, every time I heard that it was the 60th anniversary, first of all, you know, I reacted. How could it possibly be 60 years? That seems insane. Uh, but well, you know, ten years ago, on. ten years ago, when we were talking about it on the show, we were saying, "Man, it's hard to believe it was 50 years." Now, 60. Nope. Yeah, boy, you're old. 
<laughs> I'm going to remind you again, you are older. <laughs> just reminding you, just saying. I don't have Clark Barnes in my car like <laughs> I don't have the VHS tapes of <laughs> the ones Father from 1967. That's right. <laughs> oh, I have the Father Knows Best videos in case I'm stranded and I need to watch something. You need to plug in an old VHS machine. <laughs> Hoping the battery holds up. I had that conversation with somebody the other day. It's like, I have a, hey, do you know where I can get my VHS player r- r- fixed? It's like, no, I, I no, actually I do know not. a place that can do those Is, things. Do you really? Yes, I do. Of course you do. I do. Of course you do. <laughs> Schwatty's uh, House of Obsolescence. <laughs> There's a lot of things in it. <laughs> yes, indeed. A lot of scary Thanks a lot. Real to real tape. Thanks a lot. A lot of scary things in there. No, I have to take my uh, Sony reel to reel in for a kinescope, yeah. No, you do. <laughs> Is that the X142? No, uh, it's, B3? The TC, it's the TC353. <laughs> That's the model number. People think we're joking when we talk about this. Quarter track stereo. These with really model- are the model numbers. Yes. He really, he really does know the model numbers. <laughs> It is the TC353. Of course it is. Uh, quarter track stereo, mic line mixing. Yeah. That's a big feature. You're telling me. <laughs> you lost me a TCB. What? <laughs> what, are you reading the eye chart now? <laughs> all, I heard, all I heard was like Charlie Brown's teacher <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> Um, so I guess a lot of people are going to go get their Christmas trees this weekend, or they have already. It's a pretty big deal. I used to go back in the day. I used to go to Paw Paw, Michigan. Oh, know it well. Yeah. And I would uh, go and cut down my own Christmas tree. There's a farm out there. It yeah. was so fun. It was so fun. My little nieces and nephews, you know, were, were tiny little people back then. And I'd load them up in the car with their Uncle Dean, the real Uncle Dean. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where the phrase got started with the, those kids uh, who are all grown up now. But I used to take them to, you know, and we go to Michigan and we make a day of it and we cut a tree down. And uh, it was so fun. Are there still places? That, of course, there are still places. Oh, there are. Sure. Where you can go and cut your own trees yeah. down. Uh, I want to talk about that. I want to find out. Isn't there a place uh, by in Lyle? Isn't there a tree farm, a Christmas tree farm in Lyle? Western Illinois? suburbs, maybe. I'm not sure. I think, I think there are places right on the Michigan-Indiana yeah, line around New Buffalo there. All right. How about uh, getting on our phone lines here and telling us uh, where you go? Where's a good place to go to cut down a tree? 312-981-7200 is our telephone number, and we have a couple of people on our text line saying uh let me see here the abbey farms uh abbey farms in aurora has been in business for decades i do remember that part of the marmion school i do remember that yeah okay good well i'm glad to hear they're still uh up and running uh the 815 area code says you can cut your own tree down at cupola tree farms in Bourbonnais. c-u-p-o-l-a cupola uh tree farms uh, there are a few, let's see, another 815, a few cut-your-own-Christmas-tree farms in Woodstock and McHenry. We go there every year. In the past, 
Let me see here. Uh, we go there every year in the past with our children, now with our grandchildren, usually the day after Thanksgiving. But this year's early Thanksgiving, we decided to wait until next weekend. Yeah, so there are you know, apparently a lot of good places still to go. Uh, Bridget, you know of a place to go to cut down your own tree? Hi, Bridget. Hi, are you there? Dean. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, we went on Friday to Richardson's Tree Farm in Spring Grove, oh. and we had a fabulous experience. Uh, it was very crowded, uh, but it was well-organized and very fun. We had our whole family, our children, and two grandchildren. And even though it was very cold, we all had a great experience. I would highly recommend it. You probably had a little hot cocoa uh, as part of the yes. experience, right? Yes, they offer free hot cocoa. They're only doing cut your own trees through next Sunday. Oh. But they also have a barn that has pre-cut trees. That they they have uh, cut down themselves recently. That that's why I started going to cut my own tree down because, you know, who hasn't gone to a you know parking lot someplace and pick up a tree and then the next day all the needles fall off because they were they were right, cut, cut is, yeah they were cut down last October. Uh, I I wanted geez, a fresh this cut was tree. So fresh. Yeah. Yes. Very fresh, and we were able to walk to the lot, and they provide the saws. And it was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful, sunny day, even though it was very cold on Friday. And uh, it was a great experience. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that that's still, uh, you know, up and running and still fun. Because this was when my nieces and nephews were little. Gosh, that's got to be 30 years ago. They're, they're pretty old now. Uh, but, uh, boy, oh, we used to just have a blast, you know, going up there in the car, singing Christmas carols, and uh, it, it was a lot of fun back then. So uh, tell me the name of the place. It's Richard's Son, you said, in Spring Grove? Richardson's Farm, yes. Okay. And I think they are also famous for their corn maze in the fall. Oh, okay. Well, so that- it has... Uh, many opportunities for family activities. Yeah, great, great. I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad you called in. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, Bridget. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm actually on my way to our warehouse in Lake Barrington, which is right by Tree Time that you mentioned earlier. Oh, very nice. Very nice. How's the snow situation up there? It's okay. The roads are clear. It's very pretty. The snow is stopping, and uh, driving is it's just fine. The plows are out. Good deal. But I think we probably got about two inches in our house. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just to, to remind us uh, of uh, what may be coming this season, right? Right. Thank you so much for taking my call, Dean. Love your show. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. This is Sean. You're on WGN. Good morning. Good morning, Dean. How are you? Very well, thank you. So my family has got a tradition of cutting down Christmas trees ourselves. My parents started before I was born, and they were cutting down Christmas trees in Downers Grove. I don't remember the actual name of the farm. Downers Grove, wow. They actually did it for 45 years before they stopped. In Downers Grove, they did it for 45 years? Yes. Wow. And and I'm sorry, I do not remember the name of the farm, but my wife Leslie and I got married, and we started... We continued the tradition, I should say. Oh, that's great. We live in Huntley, Illinois, and we have been cutting down a tree for 25 years 
in Harvard, Illinois, at Oni's Tree Farm. Oh yeah, I remember Oni's. We used to we used to have Oni's on the show to to uh, talk about how to pick the best tree and you know what what lasts longest, how to take care of it, uh, all that. Yeah, Oni's, right? So I'm 51 years old. I've never had a tree that's not been cut down by myself or my father. Nothing like a fresh cut tree. I, I'll tell you. It lasts the, smell the, in the house yep. when the tree comes in the house, and it's always the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, the tree coming in the house, you can smell it, and and you, you smell it throughout the year. Make sure you keep it watered. It is not a fire hazard as long as you take care of it. Yep, and uh, yeah, you, there's there's no better family tradition in our family than I cutting down that. a Christmas tree. Oh my gosh, I love that tradition in your family. Now, do you put anything in the water when you say keep it keep it freshly watered? Do you some people put sugar or seven up? Some people Yeah, and, and I always do what my mom and dad did. My mom and dad had always put aspirin in the tree. Aspirin. We'll put about a thousand milligrams of aspirin in the yeah. tree the first day. Yeah. That's what we've continued to do because it obviously works. Yeah, and, and the tree never gets a headache, so there, that's good too. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking my call. All right, Pat. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, so uh, yeah, we've got some good uh, suggestions here. Uh, here is Williams Tree Farm in Rockton, South Beloit, north of Rockford. Williams. Oh, here's another one for Williams Tree Farm in Rockton. Pine Crest Christmas Tree near Three Oaks, Michigan. Uh, I've got a lot of uh, suggestions here. Abbeyfarms.org for more information for Abbeys and, uh, uh, in Aurora. Yeah, so we've got some good ones here. You know, all these Chris Kindle markets uh, have become all the rage right now. The downtown Chris Kindle market, the one that's uh, by Wrigley Field. Shwani, did you tell me that you went to the one... At Wrigley Field at Gallagher Way? Yes, I was there yesterday. Uh, we interviewed Lila Schmidt, who is the manager of the uh, Wrigleyville event. And uh, right at 11 o'clock, 11.30, they were already bustling there. Everybody was in a good mood. Yeah, it was a great time. And there's a Ferris wheel there also. Yeah, that, oh, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about the Ferris wheel mm-hmm. earlier. That's a bit sort of replaced, uh, you know, l- looking at the windows. Remember, you come downtown and look at the Marshall Fields windows? Yeah. People sure. l- love the Chris Kindle markets now. There's one out in Aurora also. Yeah, it's, it's all under the um, uh, Midwest German American uh, office here in Chicago but uh, are they all related the Chris, yes, Chris yes. Kindle they're all three they're all three managed by the same uh, event uh, operation yes oh, okay. uh, a German American office that's been here in Chicago for many many years a uh, gentleman by the name of Ray Lotter got the idea about 27 28 years ago the first one was in Pioneer Square and it went so well that then Mayor Daly said you know let's move this to Daly Plaza and off it went. The second Mayor Daly. Mm-hmm. Yes, M- Richard M., yes. Because the first yeah. Mayor Daly didn't allow us to have any fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He wouldn't let us find a pickle if his life depended on it. <laughs> a Christmas pickle. But, uh, oh no, all three of them, you know, and of course the one in Daly Plaza here, very popular. Oh, yeah. Uh, the weekends are there, are yeah. very, very busy. I'll bet it's great this morning with a little bit of light snow coming down. Mm-hmm. I bet it's very festive over yep. there. Yep. Uh, one of the other big, uh, tr- I mean, we've got tons of holiday productions 
Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. The radio version, the old-time radio version, is uh, up and running. Uh, the uh, Nutcracker Suite, uh, up and running. And uh, we have no shortage of productions of A Christmas Carol. Uh, the uh, preeminent one is uh, the one that is put on every year by the Goodman Theater in Chicago. Believe it or not, now in their 46th year of staging this Carl, uh, Charles Dickens uh, classic. And uh, joining us on the phone line right now to talk about it is uh, Jessica Thebus, who is the director this year of A Christmas Carol. Jessica, it's wonderful to have you on with us. Welcome to WGN. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this is not your first year directing A Christmas Carol, right? It is not. It is the third year of people up on their feet in the fully staged version and then i did the first year in just an audio format because that was during the pandemic during the pandemic right I've, i had forgotten about how uh, we were all adapting and <laughs> trying to yeah keep things as normal as possible back then yeah uh well yeah. One so of the, that was my first adventure oh and my gosh then this right. is now the third year yeah um The thing that I've always uh, marveled at the Goodman production is how they've taken something for which we are so familiar, uh, the Charles Dickens story of A Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge and uh, the ghosts and Tiny Tim and, uh, you know, the the whole uh, legend, uh, and kept it fresh and relevant. Uh, And I would imagine uh, you as the director, that's got to be your biggest challenge every year, right? Absolutely. It is challenging. It's also a great deal of fun. That particular challenge is what you want to take on as a director because you have the traditional story, and it's a wonderful story, and all the elements that Dickens gives us are just beautiful, magical, very moving. And then you want to find what makes it important this year, this particular time. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's like a big playground. So how, how do you approach that every year of trying to uh, keep it fresh, keep it relevant every year? Well, there are a few things you can do. We have, there's a lot of ways to envision the ghosts the spirits and the whole world that it happens in. You have a lot of freedom in that area because you know that the realistic scenes happen in Dickens, London, uh, with a lot of the images that we're very familiar with, but then the ghosts can really be anything. And in this production, the way that I love to see it is that the ghosts are really elements of the natural world. So they are nature made magical, the moon, the snow, animals, the trees, symbols like a great example, I think, is the holly and the ivy, the fir trees. And these have been symbols of the divine in the British Isles for thousands of years. And then they kind of take on their own magic as part of a Christmas carol. Yeah. The other thing that I've loved about the the Goodman's uh, Christmas Carol, other other productions also do it, but none on the scale of uh, the Goodman's production of A Christmas Carol is its inclusion and diversity and making everybody feel like they're a part of the story. That, that's got to be important to you as the director as well, I would guess. 
Oh, absolutely. I think it's essential with this story that it really is everyone is invited to the feast. You know, if you imagine Christmas as this this time of year where we're gathering, we're creating celebrations with our families. The Christmas season, of course, includes Thanksgiving, includes Hanukkah, includes Kwanzaa. There are many, many others as well. Events that gather people together in winter to share their love, to share community, to share stories. And it's really important to me that everyone feel welcome, that the Christmas Carol is not a place of exclusion or a place of one person is better than another person or more welcome that everyone's involved. And this year, actually, we have a really wonderful new element there. We have part of the show in American Sign Language. We have Robert Schleifer, who is a wonderful deaf actor who is part of the Chicago theater community, is playing the role of Fezziwig. And so we have ASL in the scenes, but also in the songs. And that's been a really fun new element to explore. Oh, that's so great. Uh, That's what I mean by uh, being... Being uh, so uh, including everyone, making everyone feel like they're a part of the show, that this show is for them uh, as well. Yes. That's, that's what I've always loved. Yes. Let me take a break. We'll talk about this year's casting. I know you've got a special event tonight at the Goodman Theater for uh, its opening mm-hmm. night. Uh, and uh, we'll talk uh, all about that with uh, our guest, Jessica Thebus, who's the director of A Christmas Carol over at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. And we'll give you uh, dates and how to get tickets and all that sort of thing. Now, our Week in Theater segment in progress, sponsored by Chicago Shakespeare Theater's Twelfth Night, talking with the director of the 46th annual production of A Christmas Carol that uh, opens officially tonight at the Goodman Theater in Chicago. It'll be running through December the 31st. Jessica Thebus uh, joins us on the phone line. So, Jessica, talk to us a little bit about your casting uh, for this year. Uh, Once again, your Ebenezer Scrooge is uh, right out there. He's done it, uh, I think, what, 16 years now, Larry Yando? Yes, I think that's right. I think it is 16 years. Larry Yando is are Ebenezer Scrooge, and then Austin Tishner also plays Scrooge at certain performances, both of them absolutely wonderful, and Larry's history with the show is such a moving thing, and as we were speaking before, you know, we were talking about how to keep something that is traditional also fresh. I think that's the great thing about ritual, that you can really have traditions are important and the structure is important, but then you have to have really new things. And Larry's performance really carries that from an actor's point of view because he's been doing it a very long time, but I watch it all the way through rehearsal and it is fresh every single time. And that's the magic of what actors do, and there's not a better example of it. Yeah, he has, uh, you know, sort of defined what Ebenezer Scrooge is uh, in Chicago at the Goodman Theater with his uh, performances there, um, you know, through the years. But the rest of your casting uh, as well. I mean, it's it's the casting, it's the the magic of theater, right? I mean, all, all the other things that go into this that surround Ebenezer Scrooge. 
that also make this production so special. Talk to us about some of those things. Oh, yes. I mean, there's just a wonderful group of people, and it's a large cast. And then we also have the understudies who often go in for Christmas Carol because there's so many people. So a lot of them get a chance to perform. That always brings something new. We have the kids, a wonderful cast of young performers who add their own special insights and presence to the show. Another um, wonderful performer in the piece is Lucky Stiff, who plays the ghost of Christmas past. And they are a Chicago drag performer and performance artist and also do makeup for themselves, really creating the character the same way that they would create the drag character. And that is on stage and woven into the story. And I'm really proud of that kind of thing. You know, just these wonderful performers who are unique individuals on their own. But then we braid everything together in this really magical holiday tapestry. And that's a great deal of fun. Yeah, that's uh, that is really uh, something. Uh, is the uh, Tiny Tim uh, moment at the end of the show, is, is that still the big showstopper for audiences? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert, by the way, if you haven't followed the story over the past couple of hundred years. Yep. God bless us, everyone. And uh, t- talk to me a little bit about uh, Tiny Tim and who plays. Uh, you-, you probably have a couple of actors, I, I would think, young actors uh, taking on that role. That- that's usually what they do with child performances, right? Yes, yes. We have a whole great group of young performers. And um, Christian plays Tiny Tim, and he is absolutely wonderful. But yes, there are other uh, actors who can rotate through that role and then through the, all the children of different ages. Um, there is something the kids get to do this year, which is a little bit different in the future sequence, which I won't describe in detail, but um, they get to play birds and uh, so that it's really, really, it's really fun. And it's not only the multi-generational acting company, which is great, but, you know, the audience is so many generations, too. I had a talk in the lobby with a young girl. She was probably about eight, and she was at the theater with her mother, her grandmother, and her great-grandmother. Wow. So that was four That's so great. That's, that's, I know, and how often do you get to do that? Yeah, that's great. I mean, we were talking about Chicago traditions uh, in the previous segment. We were talking about, you know, people, uh, you know, family traditions of going to cut down their own Christmas tree. But for a lot of people, part of the Christmas yes. tradition, the holiday tradition, is coming down to the Goodman Theater, the whole, bring the whole family, and uh, come and see the show. And I love when, when you get multi-generations like that uh, doing this. It's great for the Goodman Theater, but I love those kinds of things for families where you're creating memories like that that last a lifetime. Oh, yes, and you get to talk about it. You know, what do you think this was, and what do you think this was, and 
you know, just the details of the story. Um, it's just a wonderful chance to have a conversation it, w- within a family with people of different generations that you wouldn't ordinarily have. And that's great fun as well. Yeah. Uh, you have a, a special event. Tonight is the official opening night for the show. And there are some other special things that are going on tonight as well, correct? Yes, there is the tree lighting in the Goodman lobby. That will be at 6.30. There's a choir singing, and um, we will uh, light the Goodman's beautiful Christmas tree. And that's all before the opening night show, which is tonight at 7. That's great. Uh, You had talked about um, some uh, performances that are done in American Sign Language, uh, you have yeah. you have specific performances set up through the run, uh, which you know goes through uh, New Year's Eve uh, for uh, that are ex- accessible and enhanced uh, and ACL interpreted. So lots of opportunities for that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I don't know exactly those dates right at the moment, but they're on the Goodman website. And then uh, part of every show is also in in ASL this year. So that will be an an interesting combination. Really, really fun. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I know that there are some Spanish subtitled performances, uh, which, which will also take place. I mean, it's just it's so inclusive. Uh, and, and really, that's what this sh- this show in particular is all about. I think uh, that's what I I totally agree with you. Yeah, uh, the uh, Christmas Carol, a Christmas Carol, uh, is uh, at the Goodman Theater, in Chicago, uh, through December the thirty first. Uh, you can get tickets by going to Goodman Theater dot org or by calling calling three one two four four three. 3,800. So lots of opportunities between now and the end of the year to come and check out this show. I really appreciate you joining us, Jessica. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see this year's uh, production and have a great opening night tonight. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Jessica Thebus, director of A Christmas Carol over at the Goodman Theater. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll continue uh, with today's uh, elements that we have on today's show. Rob Reiner, actor, director Rob Reiner, still to come uh, on the program here this morning. And uh, lots of nice texts this morning, because really this is the first Sunday that we've all been back together for a little while. It's been a while, yeah. yeah. And um, although one, I was a little puzzled by one of the texts. Uh, it's very nice. But I was I still I scratched my head a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, what? Just go ahead. Well, go ahead. here, yeah, from the seven hundred eight area code. Uh, glad to hear you all back on uh, together again. Sunday mornings aren't the same without all four of you. Four of us. Hmm. Four. Is there somebody on this show that I don't know? <laughs> That I haven't met yet? <laughs> I don't know. Four. Let's see. All four of Who could us. that be the fourth? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 
trying to think about that myself. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's perplexing. Maybe, you know, we just have magnanimous personalities that make it seem like we seem bigger than here. bigger yeah. than. Oh, if there's doubles of us, we are in <laughs> yeah, trouble. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, really. One's enough. That's, uh, that, that is not a multiple that you want, believe me. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you. Uh, many, many, many uh, very nice uh, messages this morning about us all being uh, back assembled here on Sunday morning. Here's the 217 area code. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Where? Gentlemen. Who walked in? Who came in? <laughs> you are speaking incorrectly. <laughs> uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> you are my Sunday go-to. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love your show and the entire crew. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Some people texting in that uh, the texter who said all four of us may have been referring to Elton Jim Toronto because he's on the show, semi-regular on the show. Okay. He and, his, he and his magical brooch. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it's Elton Jim. Uh, some people are saying perhaps it's producer Jack. Oh, that's true, too. Because we have Jack on the show once in a while. But Jack's not here today. Jack is uh, playing with his hockey friends. Jack is taking the uh, Sunday off today. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm working. Yeah, I'm here. Andy's here. Shwani's here. Well, let's introduce our uh, producer of the morning then. Yeah, it's Patrick. Patrick. Producer Patrick. Right. Hello, Patrick. You want to be the fourth today? Yeah, good morning, everybody. Yeah. He's the yeah. fourth person on the show today. There we go. Okay. Sadly, Jack won't be back. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is dead to me now. Oh, man. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. See what you have to deal with, Patrick. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I woke up, I saw the snow. I thought, eh, maybe I won't come in today. Yeah. Oh, that would have been bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Uncle Dean would not have liked that. No, that not at all. Been, you made the wise choice. You made a good choice. Now we miss Jack, but Patrick's doing a very fine job today. It sounds oh, thanks, terrific. Steve. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. I don't usually look forward to the days when Jack is not here, because <laughs> uh, honestly, he does most of the work on the show, <laughs> as you both can attest, right? Oh, yes. I really, <laughs> only, I really only just get in the way here. <laughs> he runs a strict rehearsal, too, before the show. Do Nor it. does he remember how to get to the building. Sometimes I do he forget. Has, yeah, he has to be, uh, you know, well, escorted. Uh, as, as you, uh, as we pointed out, I wasn't sure what floor we were on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See you in the lobby down there. Asking what the, is it again? the security guard what floor <laughs> where, we're on. Who did you say? What? Where am I? Sir, don't you come in here every week <laughs> for the last 30 years? Well, I think so. <laughs> well. well, anyway, here we all are. And th- by the way, I should have said thank you, El- Elton Jim. Last week he filled in, right? Mm-hmm. Was he here? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. he was here. He was did he here. behave? Yeah, I wasn't yes. here. Was he all right? Yes, he was fine. Because I know Schwanny sometimes gets into it with him. Behind he was us. fine. I had to separate them once. They were wrestling on the floor. <laughs> I think they were wrestling on the floor. <laughs> Ooh, okay. a, a, oh, stop it. Not 100% stop sure it. what was going on. But I had to get a crowbar and separate them. <laughs> you are making that I up I had now. to go get a garden hose. You spray them. <laughs> garden hose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not easy to do on the 18th floor of a high rise, uh, but but uh, by all accounts, Elton uh, did uh, a nice job. He was fine. Yes. Yeah, we got a lot of nice comments. 
Uh, so thank you to Alden Jim for for the fill in last week. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, announce we've got a there's a showbiz death that uh, I, I think will touch a lot of people of a certain age. Uh, the guy who gave us this has passed away. HR Pop and Step, who's your friend when things get rough? HR Pop and Step, can't do a little because he can't do enough. Look at Andy chair dancing. Oh, yeah. I'm of that certain age. This is right in your wheelhouse, yes, right? Yes, indeed. Schwani? HR Puff and stuff? Anything? A little, uh, little yeah, past a little your past, time? A little past, but I certainly do remember the show, yeah. sure. I don't know why I remember Witchy Poo so much on that show. I remember that, yeah. Witchy Probably Poo. just the name stuck with me. I did like the name, Witchy Poo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the kooky old witch. The kooky old witch. Yeah. Wasn't he responsible for uh, Land of the Lost as well? Was Land of the Lost, Responsible for right. lots of uh, shows. Yeah. And Marty Croft is who were... Uh, talking about, he was the co-producer along with his brother of H.R. Puff and stuff, Land of the Lost, uh, Lidsville, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, oh, yeah. Far Out Space Nuts, which was also Schwanee's nickname in high school, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I had many other nicknames in school. <laughs> the, Believe the, me. The Lost Saucer, The Croft Super Show, uh, Dr. Shrinker, Bigfoot and the Wild Boy. I don't remember some of those last ones, but I definitely remember Lidsville, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. The Boogaloos? Remember the Boogaloos? I remember that. No, one. I don't remember, I don't remember that. that. Uh, but also, here's something I didn't know till I was reading the obit this morning, that uh, Sid and Marty Croft also were the creators of the primetime show, Donnie and Marie show. Really? Oh, they were? The variety show. Oh, okay. And the Brady Bunch Hour. And Barbara Mandrell and the Mandrell Sisters. Wow. Remember those uh, classic uh, mm-hmm. variety shows mm-hmm. from back in the day? But, uh, yeah, H.R. Puffin stuff was uh, classic. That, that is a classic. Uh, he died of kidney failure in Los Angeles, surrounded by family and friends, and uh, was, is a, was a staple of Sunday morning TV mm-hmm. back in the 1970s. Who's your favorite Saturday morning show? Do you have a favorite? I was a big fan of the, the, the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Overture. Sure. Cut Skirt the lights. This is it. <laughs> we'll hit the heights. <laughs> and oh, what heights will hit. On with the show. This is it. Andy and I don't Patrick, get to do... Patrick, aren't you glad you came in? Yeah, today? Right. <laughs> some harmony much anymore. I like the Power Rangers. Power oh, Rangers. my Saturday see, morning show. Look at, that. look at the generational... How about Mighty Mouse? This shirt that I have on is older than the Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, which one did you say? Mighty Mouse. Oh, Mighty Mouse. And Casper the Friendly Ghost. Friendliest ghost you know. That, 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 that's that, all that. I remember of that one. Uh, Mighty Mouse, yes. Mr. How'd the Mighty Mouse song go? Mr. Mr. Something, something never hangs around when he hears this mighty sound. Here I come to save the day. You know that Mighty Mouse is on his way. <laughs> well, we just lost Ron Brown in the newsroom here. <laughs> he loves it. People pretend they don't like our singing. Exactly right. Wait until next week. You know, jealous. Sooner, you know, one, at one time or another, you'd always see a Superman rerun on Saturdays. The, car, the animated. 
That and the George Reeves. Uh, oh, I love. You know what? Yeah. I wasn't that big of a fan of the animated. No, super, no not quite. I love Superman. Uh, super yeah. Friends. With super Friends. Right? Meantime, back at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> but I love me some uh, George Reeves. Though. Sure. Oh yeah. Every time in the cartoon version, every time Clark Kent would change into the Superman outfit, you know, he had a rather high pitched, innocent sounding voice. And then when trouble came up, it would be, this is a job for Superman. Superman. His voice would suddenly deepen. See what you missed, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, Google it. Patrick turned in his resignation. No comment. Do you watch Andy Griffith? <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Do you know I've who Andy it. Griffith I is? I know who Andy Griffith is. <laughs> I've, see, I've seen the show. I know it exists, yeah. but... He, he's humoring us right now. I know. I'm kind of in that boat, too. He's kind of humoring us right now. <laughs> uh, you know what I had happen last week? Uh, one of our producers over at the WGN-TV Morning News, maybe you've heard of it? I have. The number one morning TV yeah, show in so. Chicago? There's <laughs> <laughs> My day job, as I, as I like to call it. <laughs> I was talking with one of our producers who maybe is like 35 years old. 37, 30, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I said something about Jackie Gleason. Oh, you mentioned this last week. And I dropped my jaw to the ground when this television producer did not know who Jackie Gleason was. Didn't know was. who that person was. Did not know who Jackie At all. Had never heard of him. Really? That's crazy. I said, honeymooners, you don't know? Nope. Don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah. You know, to, to relate let alone the, the variety show he had in the '60s yeah. from Miami. To kind of uh, kind of tie that into a sports story, back in tw- 2007 when the Bears were in the Super Bowl in South Florida, the Radio Row was in the Jackie Gleason Center. Yeah, right downtown. Oh, was that right? Lauderdale. Really? Yeah. 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 Lots of memorabilia and just the the big name. That's on the front. a fantastic yeah. place. Oh, I completely dorked out yeah. when I went to Miami, the fun and sun capital of America. Didn't you find his? I went to his grave. grave? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. That, that's that's what it's like vacationing with me. <laughs> hey, ever, let's go to the cemetery. You ever, <laughs> you ever want to know what it's like to be on vacation with me? I went to the cemetery <laughs> and I found Jackie Gleason's tomb. It's it's not just a grave. No, it's a it's a, a very very large. He tomb. lived large in life and in death. Uh, he did the same. It is a extremely elaborate. Uh, what do you call? Uh, it's like a not a mausoleum, but a crypt. It's like a crypt. It's yeah. an above ground crypt. Yeah. Mm. And you know who is laid to rest right next to him? Who? June Taylor. Oh, is that right? Of the June Taylor dancers. Yeah, and there are people that might not even if they don't know who Jackie Gleason is, they won't know June Taylor. Who's, who's June Taylor, <laughs> Uncle Dean? <laughs> I don't know who June Taylor is. I don't know who June Taylor is. Did you know Patrick? Did you know who Jackie Gleason is? I don't. See? I'm twenty three though. I might have more of an excuse. Yeah. Twenty three? Come on, you're in broadcasting. You must leave now. <sighs> you're dead to me now too, Patrick. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Why would you know? Why? I yeah. mean, how, why would he know? Well, I mean, there's so much available. This is now. like when our parents talked about 
or Shwani and I's parents, <laughs> not Andy, because Andy's Andy's younger too. But uh, Shwani, how about it? Like when our parents would talk about, yeah, Kay Kaiser and Kay Kaiser, Fibber uh, McGee, and Molly, Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah, and that was uh, that was well, you could go to the streetcar uh, on a nickel, and <laughs> you know that kind of stuff, and your eyes would roll into the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. while they were talking that, that's us now. Yeah, but see, yeah, I guess it is. You know, with YouTube and all that, though, I mean, what's old exactly. is new. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of people rediscovering things that uh, you never would expect a 23-year-old to even right. have heard about, but now they can recite lines and they right. know. Right. You know what? I can look it up during the next news break. There you go. <laughs> can learn about Resourceful, Jack. yes. Can learn about Jackie Gleason in the next news break. You don't know the real McCoys either, Patrick? Oh, come on, Schwatty. I don't. Okay. Don't even compare Jackie right. Gleason to the real McCoys. <laughs> Not even close. Jackie Gleason is one of the greatest entertainers of Ever. all time. Ever. Of all time. And his show, The Honeymooners, one of the greatest television shows of all time. Right? Yes. Yes. And we almost Bang, never... Zoom! <laughs> one of these days, Alice... Baby, you're the greatest. <laughs> but we almost never missed the variety show on Saturday night. Yeah, was, he did do in a the sixties. Yeah, he did do a good variety show too. I'm telling you, Patrick and all you other young punks out there listening, <laughs> <laughs> young punks, <laughs> do yourself a favor, you whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> Learn about Jackie Gleason. Still, too, come on the program. Uh, we'll get to my conversation with Hannah Waddingham. Uh, she's one of the stars of the smash comedy uh, Ted Lasso. She's got a brand new Christmas special. If you like the old fashioned variety shows like we were just talking about, uh, you're going to like this show. It's an old fashioned variety uh, holiday show, Christmas show that she hosts with lots of uh, guests and surprises and wonderful Christmas songs. She is quite the singer. I mean, people know her from Ted Lasso, but uh, she spent most much of her career, uh, maybe, yeah, I think it's correct to say most of her career, on stage at the West, on the West End in London. So she is uh, quite the song and dance person. Uh, we'll get to that coming up before the end of the program today. And also coming up uh, next on the show, my conversation with Rob Reiner, actor-director Rob Reiner. has got a new podcast about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. That's coming right up. Talking about the greatest television shows of all time, All in the Family would definitely be one of those, that high note that Edith Dreisand gets me every time. The show premiered in 1971 and ran uh, on CBS uh, until 1979 and has been in rerun heaven ever since. I still watch it all the time. Uh, I think it's so brilliant. It's so brilliantly acted, so brilliantly written. Uh, the topics that they dealt with, the boundaries that they broke on that show on national television uh, were still uh, unprecedented, in, in my opinion. Uh, it starred Carol O'Connor, of course, as uh, the irrepressible Archie Bunker. Gene Stapleton as Edith, his wife. Uh, Gloria, his uh, daughter on the show, of course. Uh, And uh, Rob Reiner starring as Mike Stivick uh, on the show. Meathead, as he was called. The uh, liberal voice on the show of this, uh, you know, very conservative Archie uh, Bunker. Uh, You know, just led to great uh, conversations and uh, Rob Reiner still uh, going from 
being the the son of the legendary Carl Reiner to uh, being a part of this legendary television show as an actor, Rob Reiner parlayed his work then into being a a film producer, uh, film director, rather, with movies like When Harry Met Sally and This Is Spinal Tap. And I mean, the the list goes on of classic films that uh, he was responsible for. His most recent project is a documentary that he does about comedian Albert Brooks, which we talked about in our interview, but also a podcast on which uh, he uh, investigates and talks about the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Talked with them on uh, Zoom last week. Well, I mean, I was 16 when uh, when Kennedy was assassinated. And like everybody else, I can remember exactly where I was when it happened. I was in my physics class in high school. One of the students walked in, <clears throat> whispered in the teacher's ear. He turned to the class and said, I have some terrible news. And it was he told us what happened sent us all home from school, and I watched. I watched like everybody else, nonstop, until the moment when Lee Harvey Oswald was murdered. I saw it on live television by Jack Ruby, and I went, what is happening here? What is going on? It was a national trauma. The entire country was traumatized by this, and it never left me. And, you know, information has come out over the years, in drips and drabs. And every time something comes out that adds more uh, information, sheds new light, I try to follow it and figure out what's going on. The reason I wanted to do the podcast is because people, if less they're paying real attention to a new revelation that comes out, they don't know how it fits together in the whole picture. And so what I want to do with the 60 years that we've had is put everything together from everything I've learned. I've read all the books. I've talked to forensic experts. I've been to Dealey Plaza many times. I've talked to people who were there, all the people who are still alive that were there. I've talked to Secret Service agents, F, um, uh, CIA agents. And <clears throat> best based on all the information I have, we put this podcast together and try to explain it to people in a way that people can understand if they don't know anything about it. Or people who know a lot about it will still be interested to find out new revelations. So it's been something that I've uh, cared about and been. I think about it this way: you lose you, you, your your family member, somebody who you love is murdered, and you don't know why, and you don't know who did it. You'll do anything to find out what happened. And those of us who were alive at the time want to know what happened. So. We did this podcast. I did it with Soledad O'Brien, who's a wonderful journalist. And uh, together, we put together this podcast. And I think by the end of it, you'll have a greater understanding of what happened on that day. Yeah, because I I guess, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, you and I remember exactly where we were that moment when it happened. But younger generations uh, you know, we may as well be talking about Julius Caesar or you know, like some yeah. mythical character. Exactly. They, they don't know and honestly really don't care that much as time goes on. And they just accept what's been issued publicly, that it was the act of a lone gunman, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and 
all of the things that we have that, that we've been spoon fed as being the truth on this your findings show really were not the truth right no no we 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 now know it wasn't the truth but at the time there was no reason to believe it wasn't i mean coming out of the second world war we were the heroes we were the good guys we had defeated fascism and we believed our government at the time when the government told us something i think there was like 70 in the 70s percent uh, uh, uh you know acceptance of what the government said now the government we're at like in the teens of what we accept that the government tells us and the beginning of this distrust in government i believe started with the kennedy assassination the more and more that's revealed the more we realize we've been lied to we've been lied to all these years and my feeling is if we're going to have any hope of democracy surviving and right now we are under assault there is no question about it we're at a flex we're at a reef of flexion point now where democracy can either survive or uh you know destroyed into the dustbin of history Democracy for its survival has to be based on truth. We have to know that the government is telling us the truth. We have to come to grips with what we did with native the Native Americans. We have to come to grips with what we did with with slaves and with black black people. We have to come to grips with all of this. And if we are going to be a healthy democracy, we have to get to the truth of things. And so that's why this is important still to me. So with your research, then, what is the truth? What are what are the biggest fallacies of what we have for years accepted as being the truth behind who killed JFK? Well, the one thing that we know for sure, based on all the information that we have, is that it was not a lone gunman, that Lee Harvey Oswald did not by himself kill the president of the United States. That just didn't happen. If you look at all its forensics, if you look at all the motives and who was involved, and I've talked to everybody. I've talked to people who were there. Uh, I've been to Dealey Plaza many, many times. you, You cannot come to any other conclusion based on what we know. So that we will know for sure. By the end of the podcast, you'll know that this was not one person by himself. What we don't know Exactly. And we're going to talk about the shooters that we think did the, did, did this and where they were positioned in Dealey Plaza. We can't know for sure about that because there's still 5000 documents that are being withheld. I'm not saying that's going to be a smoking gun in there. But what we have found out as documents have been released over the years is that there was a direct connection between Lee Harvey Oswald and the CIA. That we know. Uh, in the Warren Commission report, they said there was no, that they didn't know very much about Lee Harvey Oswald. They heard about it, but they weren't really. But now we found out that for four years, they were tracking every single moment movement that Lee Harvey Oswald was making. That's now record. We know that to be true. So we know the government has been lying to us for all this time. And what we try to do with this podcast is put it all together in a way that people will understand what happened. The, uh, you know, stories that I've heard through the years, speculations have implicated uh, Castro, have uh, implicated, as you say, the uh, CIA. And, uh, you know, usually when I bring up Chicago and try to bring some Chicago connection, I'm a little more proud than I am right now when I say there actually may have been some Chicago connection with uh, Sam Giancana and the Chicago mob at the time, right? Yes, yes, there was. 
Uh, we talk about that specifically in the in the documentary. There was one thing we don't get into in the documentary, and that d- does involve Chicago, is that there was an assassination attempt planned for Chicago that was uncovered. Be- and the trip that Kennedy had to Chicago was scuttled because of the what they had discovered. It was a Secret Service agent named Abraham Bolden who discovered uh, he had been on the presidential detail. He was then uh, uh, stationed in Chicago, and he discovered that there was this plan, and they thwarted it, and it and it went away. So that was one thing. But yes, uh, Giancana was definitely uh, involved in helping uh, uh, find assassins. There was a guy named Charles Nicoletti, who we know about, and we will name all the assassins when when we get to the tenth episode. So, uh, you know, if, if you get all this information, um, how is this not, you know, like the biggest headline news that, you know, it's, it's it, you, you put all the, the pieces together, you connect all the dots, and it seems to show something pretty conclusive. People are still not really talking about it at the highest levels, right? Well, they, they're not. And the reason, and this is really tricky, because like I say, over 60 years, there's been a revelation will come out. And you'll go, ooh, that's interesting. But they don't, the media doesn't ever start putting it all together. And we're still learning things. That's the interesting part. I mean, Paul Landis, who was a Secret Service agent uh, who was in the trail car behind Kennedy, spoke out for the first time a couple of months ago. And we put him on the podcast. That never, we never knew about that. He was never interviewed by the Warren Commission, nor was any Secret Service agent who was there that day interviewed by the Warren Commission. So there's, there's so much that we're learning as we go along. And it, I think it takes a, a desire to try to put it all together and make people understand. We approach it like a, a murder mystery, the greatest murder mystery in American history. And if you're going to do that, you as a detective, you go, okay, who has the motive? Who are the suspects? Who has the motive? What are the forensics? What was the situation surrounding it when it occurred? When you start looking at all that, it becomes fairly clear. The one thing that we know for sure is that it was a conspiracy. And by the way, most Americans believe that right now where we sit, about 65 percent of Americans believe it was a conspiracy Um, at one point. Virtually no Americans believed it was a conspiracy. We believe what the Warren Commission said. Then as time has gone by, at one point, up to 85% believed it was a conspiracy. Now we sit where we sit right now. It's about 65%. Director Robert uh, Rob Reiner uh, not only talks about his JFK podcast, which, by the way, you can pick up uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, but he also has directed a new documentary on the career and life of his childhood friend, comedian Albert Brooks. Uh, we continue with our A-list interview for today with uh, Rob Reiner, son of Carl Reiner, actor from All in the Family, uh, director of a great motion picture, Stand By Me. Uh, this is Spinal Tap, one of my favorites, When Harry Met Sally, the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, and uh, he is now a part of this new Who Killed JFK podcast, which is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Pretty interesting stuff. And he has just uh, directed a new film, a documentary on the life of uh, comedian Albert Brooks, who I think is a genius, one of my favorite comedians of all time. 
But uh, turns out that Albert Brooks was a childhood friend of uh, Carl uh, Rob Reiner's, and uh, so he had a you know completely different perspective on this comic genius. Well, thank you so much. I mean, first of all, Albert's a dear, dear friend of mine. We met in high school. We've been friends, close friends ever since. We shared a house together at one point. Um, so I love doing it. And the man is a genius. He's one of the, he's to me the funniest man I've ever met. And it was a pleasure to be able to make a documentary about him and introduce him to people who didn't know a lot about what Albert's done over the years. So if you want a big laugh, a good laugh, there's lots oh. of good laughs in it and revelations about Albert's personal life, uh, you know, tune in. It's on Max and, you know, you can check it out. Yeah. Was it obvious to you when you were high school buddies that yeah. he, he was a comedic genius uh, yes. back then? Yes, he was. He and, and even at age sixteen, he was a, like a prodigy. Um, he was the only he could make my he made my dad laugh hysterically one time. He did a routine in the house, and he at age sixteen could make professional comedians, pe- people who were uh, you know regarded highly regarded in the industry. He could make them laugh at age sixteen. And my father once said he was the funniest guy he ever. And he and Mel Brooks to my dad were the two funniest people he ever knew. Do you remember what he did for your dad that made your dad yes, laugh yes, so hysterically? He, yes, he uh, and he. By the way, he would come up with these things off the top of his head. He never yeah. planned anything. As a matter of fact, when he went on national television uh, on the Carson Show or any other where he did a bit for the first time. He never tried it out in the club. He'd have an idea and then he'd go on television and do it for the first time on national television. But he came to the house one day and he said, "You know, I've been working on this uh, escape artist." Uh, uh, idea. And I think I've perfected it. I think it's like one of the great escape routines ever. And so we said, okay. So he put his hands out like this and he said, uh, here, it gave us a a, a napkin, you know, a a cloth napkin. He says, tie tie my hands up. And then I started, I draped it over his hands. He said, that's enough. Never even tied it, just draped it over his hands. He said, I I can't get out of this. And then he said he stuffed some uh, Kleenex in his mouth. He says, I can't breathe, right? I can't breathe. And then he went behind a curtain. And the idea was to get out from behind the curtain with a napkin draped over his hands and Kleenex. (laughs) And after a couple of me, the curtain is rustling and you hear him behind it, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Help me, help me. And we pull the curtain back and he falls out and he's taking it back, take it out. And you know, we undo it. I mean, there was nothing to undo. And my dad was screaming hysterical. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. That's was there was there anything that surprised you considering that you've known him all your life when you're doing the documentary? Was there something that's like, oh, I didn't know that about Albert? No, I know pretty much everything about, you him. know, all the juicy you know, details. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been close to him for so many years that, uh, yeah, I know pretty much. And I could lead him into stories that uh, he could tell. And sometimes, you know, I led him to places where it might've been a little bit uncomfortable for him to talk about some of his personal stuff, but I think he trusted me enough to be able to reveal certain things. And I, I think that's, we've got the great mix of great comedy and uh, hopefully emotional stuff. Yeah, defending my life. It's on Max. You you have to watch it. Uh, Rob, thank you so much for all the great stuff that you do for your uh, social consciousness, for caring about America. Uh, I, I admire you uh, greatly, and uh, I thank you so much. Not to mention that I still watch All in the Family all the time, uh, also. 
It's and uh, those, those 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 uh, issues are still relevant. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's crazy how fresh all of that still is. Yeah. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I hope you have a wonderful holiday, Rob. Thank you so yeah, much. You too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. There you go. The great Rob Reiner talking uh, not only about his new documentary about Albert Brooks, Defending My Life, which is on Max, but also his new podcast, uh, Who Shot JFK, available wherever you get podcasts, the All in the Family uh, Veteran uh, which, you know, those great reruns uh, are, are still out there. And it, just like he said, you'll be amazed how relevant all the topics are, uh, in some cases even more so than uh, they were back then, given the everything that's going on uh, politically and in the world right now. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was in Los Angeles last week. That's why I wasn't here. And uh, tomorrow I'm going to uh, London, London, England. You've heard of it, haven't you? Now, are we going to have to address you as sir when you come back? I, not necessarily, but I would like it if you'd curtsy. <laughs> That'll be the day. Is that too much trouble? That'll be the day. That'd be something to see. <laughs> would you like a, a you, you want anything special? <laughs> Do I want anything you, special? You want a souvenir? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I can find some Prince Charles and Camilla salt and pepper shakers. That would be... <laughs> okay. I'm sure they're probably selling those all over the place now. <laughs> I haven't been there since... I haven't been there in years before the pandemic. I mean, we would go fairly often to do interviews there. I haven't been there in, in years, so... How many times have you been there? Uh, quite a few. Would, do you have a favorite place to go? Do you have some favorite restaurants? Do you have a... Um, uh, not, not really. Not really? No. I, I mean, I find places, you know, and I go in and I'll have fish and chips and a, and a pint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, I don't really know the names of the places. I guess I should pay better attention. But I, <laughs> I enjoy being there. You know what I am looking forward to most? Uh, London is absolutely beautiful uh, before Christmas time. They decorate so beautifully there. Uh, so I am looking forward uh, to that very much. Oh, those great old buildings would lend itself to that. The great old buildings, but they yeah. decorate with Christmas lights, not the way we do along the perimeters of the streets, but from for like one side of the street to the other. So it, it's almost like a canopy of lights above you when you're walking down the street and driving it's just lights lights and displays are everywhere did you notice how he said canopy canopy not a canopy i'm fancy canopy canopy i'm a fancy talking kind of guy (laughs) when i get over there you're gonna have a british accent next week i can just hear this (laughs) they would never know i'm from the south side when i go hey these these lights over here these lights over here are great i love them Hannah Waddingham, who you know from uh, the television series Ted Lasso. She's got a brand new uh, holiday variety special, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. If you like the old, uh, you know, holiday variety shows like, what, Andy Williams, uh, Perry Como. uh, Remember all those? Who else had, uh, you know, great variety shows back in the day? The, this show is very much like that. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, in a couple of minutes, we'll uh, share that full interview with you. So stick around for that. We covered a lot of ground on today's show here today. We 
Uh, we're you know talking with uh, WGN TV uh, weather producer Bill Snyder, Tom Skilling's right hand man, uh, about the snow and uh, you know all that uh, we're going to have today. It's the tapering off around the Chicago area, as he said it would, and then he said it's going to get cold uh, the next couple of days. If you want to hear the full interview, we're going to put it up on the web after the show. You'll be able to hear the entire show, because uh, who wouldn't want to listen to this show for uh, a second, third, or uh, as Andy likes to do in his spare time, uh, fourth time. Andy likes to just relive the show over and over and over. I have it on repeat. <laughs> right. And uh, for Schwanny, it's just like hearing it for the first time because he doesn't really pay attention to anything that goes on during the show what'd you say (laughs) see see exactly what i meant we had a lot of good stuff on the show today oh yeah i gotta say really considering considering what (laughs) (laughs) considering what considering how this show usually is (laughs) (laughs) where we goof around a lot and we laugh we're so well rehearsed but i mean we uh, we actually acted like professional broadcasters today well we have to sometime or other don't we (laughs) should we issue the apology now or should we wait (laughs) no i think we i think we did a good job today (laughs) is this one of our award-winning broadcasts then i'm going to submit this for okay uh, for some awards okay I don't know which awards. Good, you're going to make up an award and then just give it to ourselves, right? I think we have already won every possible award there could possibly be. uh, No, we had uh, very, uh, really uh, interesting interviews, I think, today. Got uh, a lot of nice uh, texts about the Rob Reiner interview. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I I thought it was a really interesting interview. I'm glad everyone else uh, enjoyed it. But here's one from the 847 area code. I won't read the part where they gloat about us, uh, but it, it also says, love your show, Dave and Andy, a wonderful chemistry between the three of us. Uh-uh. Best to you all for this festive season. Right back at And best to you also. How do they say Merry Christmas in London? You're going to have to figure this out. Do they just say Merry? No, they they may. You know, they I don't do know. Spe- they do speak English there. You know? Oh, yes, yeah. I know that. But just go <laughs> watch Love Actually. You'll find out. <laughs> I am going to be interviewing. We're going to do the show with all British accents I, next week. I'm, I'm telling you. I am interviewing Hugh Grant, by the well, way. There you speaking go. Of, okay. Speaking oh, of Love Actually. You're just going to be, yes. I'm right. name dropping, right? This is the name dropping portion <laughs> of our program. <laughs> I'm interviewing Timothy Chalamet, who plays Willy Wonka in this new Wonka movie. It's a prequel to the Gene Wilder uh, movie, Uh, and I saw it already. It's so delightful, really nice for families. Uh, It's musical. It's an interesting story. It's funny. Timothy Chalamet as Wonka is great, but I'll tell you who steals this movie. Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa is hilariously funny in this movie. So I'm going to talk with uh, those guys, other members of the cast. Oh, and listen to what else we're doing when we're there. We're going to go to a chocolate factory, an English chocolate factory, and they're going to teach me how to make chocolates. Ooh. So that, You have to bring some back for us. I was going to say, well, next Sunday. You think uh, the chocolates in my bag are going to last that long? <laughs> well, figure out a way. You think it's going to work in the carry-on? <laughs> like I'm not going to dig into those halfway across the ocean? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to bring you 
I really want to bring you the Charles and Camilla salt and pepper the shakers. The salt and pepper shakers, okay. You know, it would be nice if it was Charles and Camilla gravy boats <laughs> and the gravy poured out of their mouths. Oh, man. <laughs> Only you would think of that. <laughs> I'll bet somebody sells them. I'll bet, I'll bet you can find some somewhere. I'm going to look for the I'm going to look for the cheesiest thing I could possibly find <laughs> to bring back for both of you. The boat of use. The both is. Both is. Uh yeah, so anywho, the um yeah, we're going to make I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm almost more excited about the chocolate making than I am doing the, the interviews. Yeah, I'm excited about the interviews. It's, it's a great movie. I'm excited to talk to them. But this ties in with my whole, uh, uh, you know, my, my cooking side hustle that I've got going on. <laughs> that's right. Right now. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's, uh, I'm gonna, I leave tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll be back here. I'll be off the TV morning show all week, but I'll be back here uh, next Sunday with you. The cheesiest souvenirs I can possibly find. Okay. Love it. I'm waiting with anticipation. Oh, if I can find those gravy boats. <laughs> that would be the salt and pepper shakers will do. Yeah. I like to find something a little cheesier than that. <laughs> unless unless the salt comes right out of Charles's mouth. <laughs> and the pepper from... Yeah, I was going to say, who's on, who's the salt and who's the pepper? I here? think we know that the king is always salt. Okay. And pepper comes out of the top of Camilla's head. <laughs> Are you going to have a spot of tea while you're there? No, naturally. Okay. Naturally. Crumpets? A spot of tea. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had crumpets, Me but either. I'd be up for some. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had crumpets, Ronnie? You're, no, I don't you're believe pretty, I have. pretty well-traveled. Uh, I'm not quite know. sure what a crumpet is, to be honest with you. Isn't it like a cookie? It's a little cookie, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. right. I've had Salerno butter cookies, but I haven't had crumpets. Do you put them on your little finger when you yeah, I used to. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you do with bugles, with bugles, right? Yeah, you put them on your fingertips, but the Salerno <laughs> butter cookies, you put them on your finger and then you eat the round parts. <laughs> yes, oh. I used to do that. And then until they're even, and then you take the whole cookie down. That reminds me of that, that old circular tin that one of the, what was the company here in Chicago that made... They had the variety packs of like the Maurice Linnell. Yeah, Maurice Linnell. Oh, those were so good. Those were good. The little chocolate swirl ones. Oh, in there too. oh. oh man! There was those. one with a cherry in the middle yeah, of it. Exactly. Oh, I love oh, those. Yes, sir. They had those great commercials too. Uh, there was a young baker. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah. No, I'm trying to think. Be on our, it used to be when I listened to Cubs games here back my they were they my were childhood. Yeah. yeah, Maurice Linnell. Yeah, his cookies are just simply good. good. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, sorry about that tangent, but that's what this kind of reminded me of. We sound like <laughs> we sound like three old guys in a Viagra commercial right now. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for all of the corrections on our text line about what is a crumpet. Clearly, the three of us know nothing. Uh, crumpet? I've I've never had one. I had no way of uh, knowing this. Crumpets are actually more like English muffins. Uh, according to uh, many of you on our text line, they're more like English. The, uh, one person said it's a cross between an English muffin and a pancake. So uh, not a cookie, like like uh, we said that it was. But we uh, try not to let uh, accuracy get in the way of us uh, talking about anything here. But thank you uh, very much for all of the uh, corrections on that. Maybe I'll uh, go out of my way to find some nice crumpets. 
while I'm there so I can give you a firsthand report about what they're like. Uh, okay, so we're going to wind things up here with uh, our conversation with Hannah Waddingham from uh, from uh, uh, the uh, uh, series well, uh, Ted Lasso. I was completely blanking on that from Ted Lasso. Uh, that's going to be coming up in a second. Real quick, though, I wanted to remind you, next Sunday here on the program, my one-on-one conversation with Bradley Cooper and Carrie Mulligan for what I think – at least what I've seen so far, is the best movie of the year so far, Maestro, the movie about Leonard Bernstein. I'll tell you much more about the movie uh, during the week. I will tell you uh, much more when we have the uh, interviews with Bradley Cooper and Carey Mulligan next week right here on WGN. So stand by and let's learn more about the big Christmas special with Hannah Waddingham here on WGN. I have four words to describe what I am seeing right now. Va 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 boom. Wow. <laughs> and that's just amazing. the Christmas tree. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even see a Christmas tree in there. You've got me completely distracted. Uh, you, you look fantastic. The special looks absolutely fantastic. What made you want to do something like this? Uh, I think being a a theater girl to my core, 22 years in the West End and on Broadway, I mean, it was time. And did you take inspiration from, you know, holiday specials that we all grew up with? I mean, here here in the U.S., every big celebrity, you know, did a holiday special. Yeah. Uh, did you have something like that? that well, do you know what, you Dean? Not also? not so much uh, in recent times, but when uh, I was talking to Apple about it with with my manager Nick Tedisco, we both said the biggest thing for me is kicking it old school and taking us back to the time of you know I wanted it to be a marriage of kind of Dean Martin meets Carol Burnett. and that old school like you're imagining like people are coming round to this beautiful place and just it's all about the music and the food and the and just all everyone looking in their finest and that old school thing that I think sometimes is a little lost and I just wanted it to be timeless music looking timeless and I wanted everyone to look their best selves and I think we managed to encapsulate that and I couldn't be more thrilled with it yeah mission accomplished with that thank you man if ever there was a year that we needed something like this, right. just to take our, take our minds off of the woes that yes. are all over the world Absolutely. right now, this is it. Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the guests, because I mean, you talk about like Dean Martin and Carol Burnett. I'm imagining Bob Hope stopping by for oh, a minute. Oh, God, and I'd Julie love Andrews that. And, you, you, oh. but, but I mean, you have you have a pretty formidable guest lineup, also. Yeah, and it was important to me to not just have you know uber uber ridiculously famous people for the sake of it. So there were plenty of people that were kind of um, put my way, and I just said, "Look, they're fabulous. Don't get me wrong." But I didn't want it to be that thing of also for the British public watching it. I didn't want it to be like, "Oh, she's changed. She's suddenly with all these faces," as I call them. I wanted it to be people that. I felt a connection with that I already had a connection with people like, for example, Luke Evans. People wouldn't know that he and I have known each other since we were like 20 years old in theatre. Oh, and yeah. Leslie Odom Jr., my daughter, I said to my then eight-year-old daughter, who do you think mummy should sing with? And for, I hadn't even finished my sentence. Leslie Odom Jr., mummy, please, because oh, of Hamilton. Wow. 
And then yeah. Sam Ryder, I am a massive fan of his. I think he's the closest thing that we have to Freddie Mercury. He is a sunshine in a bottle. And I knew that at a point I needed to have something that would lift the audience once I had done the centerpiece, the heart of the show, which is the fact that this little girl was there from eight years old and for 30 years watching the English National Opera Chorus and my mama sitting at the back of that theatre. And so it would, I wanted to have an ebb and flow emotionally just as much as I have that, and I'm known for that in Ted Lasso, I wanted to have that through a theatre piece that would show people where I had come from. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I can't wait for everybody to see it. I, I just have to ask you one Ted Lasso question. I mean, I, I don't even know if you know the answer to this, if, if we're going to see any more. And how life-changing was this for you? Well, working backwards, it has been totally life-changing in so many ways. Firstly, because it's finally given me a platform that I had longed for to show what I can do. Um, and secondly, that show has not only brought me you know professional acclaim it has brought me the most beautiful group of people and we will 100% on a very low-key level be in each other's lives forever and I'm truly blessed in that way uh, will you be in our lives uh, anymore well <laughs> with with more Ted Lasso I, I've no idea I've literally no idea which is probably just as well because I'm not very good at keeping things to myself like that keeping I'd be secret. too excited <laughs>